This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. And welcome at the Patriot Radio News Hour, live on a hump day. Uh, the sun is out. It was raining again earlier today. Very exciting. I mean, we don't get this kind of rain here in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, I hope this finds you well. I hope everybody's having a fantastic Wednesday morning. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Gold and silver on the move again this morning. Uh, The website at allamericangold.com. Not only can you order right there online, uh, you can now help continue your own education by ordering books from us online. And, you know, like anything else... uh, I don't know what we get if you order it through our website. I think we get like a dollar or something from Amazon for doing that. Uh, If you want to continue your education, all kinds of great books out there. My very favorite book now of all time has got to be G. Edward Griffin, The Creature from Jekyll Island. It will really highlight what it was that the bankers, and really let's call it the elite, the extremes that they went to to give us this great system that we now are watching, you know, unravel right before our eyes. Um, and then, of course, we have the new podcast segment the, with SoundCloud commercial free. And I've been asking you guys to follow us there. You can, if you go out to allamericangold.com, there's a, there where the podcast is, there's this little follow button. And uh, I got inundated with a bunch of people emailing saying, hey, the link doesn't work. And, of course, I went out and tried it. And, yeah, there is a there is an issue. I don't know if it's our issue or, or if it's SoundCloud itself. That doesn't prevent the podcast. Podcasts are fine. You know, but we just want to build our reputation or, or uh, our power of our listeners. And the more people that follow this show, uh, the more people are going to hear about it. And as soon as we have that fixed, I will uh, be out on the air asking you to do that. I I did get an update. Uh, Ramon gave me the update this morning. We've been on SoundCloud now for a year, just right about a year. We've had over 40,000 listens. I mean, that's just just amazing tells you what uh how many people were really out there uh how many people that listen to this show and they listen all over the place and that like i said that's just soundcloud that does include you know you itunes folks and any any of you listening to the podcast via different methods that's just one of the avenues and uh, thank you so much you know and i know it i it's you know people listening to it all all different hours of the night all different hours of the day um, and uh, I just thank you so much. Humbling and amazing to think about uh, that many people, uh, that many listens in just a year. And, and let's, you know what, Michael, let's try to double that number for next year. Let's get to 80,000. Why not? 100,000. Uh, keep this thing going. A lot of uh, small economic data points came out today, but the big things happened 
in. Well, either you were watching the Olympics or you were sound asleep getting your your eight hours to prepare for the next day. The news started out in Germany. And this is something where I've been trying to educate everybody, get everybody to understand, hey, this thing makes no sense, right? This thing these central bankers are doing with uh, 0% interest rates or quarter of a percent interest rates, negative interest rates, especially negative interest rates, is decimating the banking industry. And I know nobody wants to hear that. Right, and I know that, let's face it, most of the, the people that are uneducated, that don't want to know what's really happening, or are just too busy. Hey, I'm just too busy trying to live my life. I'm just too busy between working and, and work, uh, working my job, taking care of the household, get, raising the kids, getting them to school, getting them to their sporting events. I don't have time. But this is why we do what we do. You know, you think about, like, our podcast. We took out all the commercials. So now in 40 minutes, 42 minutes, you can get what you need to know and you can listen to it at any time so you can be informed. Listen, they, they don't want you to know this stuff. You know, it's funny because I, I, when I get into work and I go through and I've got all the things that I do to get ready to do this show and I'm doing all this information, and it never stops. I mean, really... 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It, it, it is what I do. It is what I am. But I didn't see this on CNBC. I didn't see it on Fox. Now, granted, I don't have those stations on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, but even in the uh, the video archives, you know, they'll, they'll have where you can play segments. You know, and we do that. We'll play clips from time to time here. I didn't see it because they don't want you to know it. And here's what here's what happened. It says that the European Central Bank, you know, they have their own little stress test, and and that stress test came out a few weeks ago, and they tried to pretend that everything was wonderful. It said that it revealed that Deutsche Bank would be left in a precarious position in the event of another financial crisis. Of course, Deutsche Bank, all the Italian banks, a lot of these banks. But now we're going to tell you what's happened since then in just the last two weeks. Don't touch that dot. Welcome back to Radio News Hour. Joe Jaquint and all of you uh, homers doing business, uh, trying to get people to work in this country. Uh, he may be joining us a little later, but before the break, we're talking about Deutsche Bank and what's new. The stress test that they were given, and for those of you that don't know what that means, is now in this new era of bank failure, where not only is it just some little rural community bank that, you know, most people on Wall Street didn't care about, the whole system now is in jeopardy because these mega banks essentially will wipe out all of the banks. 
right? One mega bank goes, they all go because they're all intertwined, and and of course they proclaim to have fixed it and solved it without. Not not only did they not break these mega banks up, they actually made them bigger, and then they piled on all of this regulation, right? Isn't that what government's really good at? Right? Paperwork, regulation, red tape, which forced thousands of more banks to close because they're like, well, we can't can't afford those regulations. We'd have to hire ten people. And we're only you know, we only got you know, one branch or two branches or three branches and essentially got gobbled up by those mega banks. Well, now we're starting to find out just how bad the situation may really be at Deutsche Bank. According to Martin Helwig, the stress test carried out by the European Central Bank revealed that Deutsche Bank would be left in a precarious position in the event of another financial crisis it says that it remains uncertain whether Deutsche Bank would go bust in another downturn, right? Forget about crisis now. Now we're just talking about, hey, a downturn, a slowdown, a recession. Of course, some of them, like myself, already, you know, we're still in one, but neither here nor there. They're now predicting that the bank, which is crucial to the German economy, would face serious equity problems, putting it short for a long and serious crisis, there's just simply not enough cash. And now they're, they're trying to walk back the solution to the too big to fail, the bail-ins, and now they're, they're laying out the groundwork that bailing in of Deutsche Bank would just be too big. Right? In other words, the depositors would be left with nothing. You know, when we we talked about Bitcoin, right? And and someone sent me an email, Bitcoin wasn't hacked, the exchange was hacked. And, and I don't want to get involved in semantics, but the exchange that handles Bitcoin was hacked. You know, I guess Bitcoin itself, I don't even know, if, it's not really a coin, but nonetheless, we saw what happened, didn't we? Which was, Anybody that had an account on that exchange, okay? And that exchange is pretty much like a bank, right? You deposit your money in there, and then you use that money to buy stuff, right? To pay bills, whatever it may be. And what they're now saying with Deutsche Bank who's been under huge pressure and duress, and, you, and, and it just makes sense, right? I mean, German booms give 0% return, right? They've been negative of the shorter end of the yield curve is negative. A lot of Europe is in the same way. And they just can't loan money out and make a return. So consequently, right, their earnings are under pressure, and if it continues the way it's been going, right, there's a, there's a, I wouldn't even call it a chance, it's, it's a likelihood that as things sit today, Deutsche Bank, if in another event of a slowdown, 
could be under serious financial strain, and there's not enough money. And so then you sit there and you think about what the rules are, and you got to remember now, all the rules we adopted, they adopted as well, and, and you know, they're, they're going after, the, like I said, they're building towards this one global entity. And this is just another one of the pieces of the puzzle that we've been putting together. You know, that all of them uh, seemingly all decided to have the exact same type of regulation, right? They all had the same solution to do too big to fail. And, and, you know, you think about, you have all these central banks, and they all had the same solution, right? Nobody had an original thought, right? Nobody had a, hey, a better way. Of course not. This is all organized. This has all been planned. And it's been planned well ahead of time. And so when you sit there and you start thinking about, okay, what was a bail-in of Deutsche Bank really entail? And according to the article out of Germany, it essentially is saying that it would entail that the depositors would be wiped out. You know, they're not talking about a shortfall of a billion dollars or five billion or ten billion. Right? They're talking about essentially the fact that it would be so big and this bank is so important to the existence of, of the Germany's financial center that they're now saying that they may have to go back the other way and they're calling for Ger- the German government now to become the owner. And you see the slippery slope that we're really in, don't you now? Right? They didn't fix it. I told you they didn't fix it. They don't know how to fix it. Anything that they do to, quote-unquote, stimulate the economy punishes the banks, which are already struggling. And now they're saying, hey, listen, the, the profits, right, or lack thereof, are putting the financial well-being of the banking system back in jeopardy again. And, of course, now they're talking about, the, do we need to have the German central bank or the German government become the owner of Deutsche Bank? And, and that's really what the whole article had to do with. And why you see gold rallying again today is because there's not enough money. And here's what they said says that European banks lack sufficient capital to offset losses. And it said that they are now calling for the German government to look into becoming, I guess, the the owner of Deutsche Bank. It says, Societe Generale and BNP have market capitalizations of $26 billion and $55 billion respectively, so there's two more banks. Deutsche Bank would find itself in trouble, and it says that it has a market capitalization of about $17 billion. So now you got $17 billion in Deutsche, $26 billion in Societe Generale, and $55 billion in BNP. 
And according to the research that they've done, they're now saying that the capital short, shortfall it would be $123 billion. Pretty much wiping out depositors all across Europe. And, and it's just amazing, right? You would think that would be a big deal. You know, you got Wall Street at these quote-unquote all-time highs, and, and yet you have all of these people. And really, it's funny because it goes across the board, right? You, you have the gold guys, right? The, you know, you call them the, the, the doomsers, right? Whatever you want to call them, right? They're already warning. Now you have the stock guys and the hedge fund guys and the bond guys all warning about the same thing. And then you turn on your television set and they act like it's not happening. Because they want you to still believe the rhetoric that that we've got it under control here and don't worry, a rate hike's just around the corner. I've got another article that we'll do after the break where Ben Bernanke apparently has now spoken up again. You know, he had the courage to act. Right, remember his book, The Courage to Act. Apparently now he's he's warning Janet Yellen, don't have the courage to act, right? Don't raise those rates. Things are not nearly as good as they seem. Uh, but we'll get to that in the next segment. Homer just walked in. I know you you've been working hard today. Well, we're we're, we're negotiating uh you know, uh, housing and all that stuff for a superintendent that's going to a project in uh Sacramento Bay area. I thought it was San Diego area, but it's Sacramento and trying to figure out the cost of living there. Folks, let me tell you something. When you are in hunting for jobs, every penny counts. And just like uh, anything, it's all a negotiation. So sorry I was away from the phone. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. I just got in here. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm actually excited to hear that uh, maybe somebody's going to go to work, and, and unfortunately, it's not here. No, it's not here. <laughs> it's not here. This poor guy has to. I mean, he's an, you know a young up and comer with uh, a ton of uh, of you know not necessarily uh, super experience, but enough experience to get him an entry level position with one of our clients. So it's a great opportunity for him. Well, hopefully, it all will work out and. Uh, you know, we're talking about the banking problem that emerged out of reports in Europe about uh, Deutsche Bank being maybe the weakest of the big banks. You know, right now in Europe, not all banks get stress tested, right? None of the Italian banks, they're not big enough. They don't count enough uh, to get in there. But But now they're saying that after looking through, they're now saying that three of Europe's biggest banks and the the I guess the the weakest of the group, Deutsche Bank, but then they mention Societe Generale, they mention BNP, and they're saying, listen, there's a hundred and twenty-three billion dollar problem as it exists right now. And here's the problem: we all know when a recession comes or another downturn comes, what happened to a lot of the loans that were still good? Right, more and more loans go bad, and you start seeing this whole thing develop into another full-blown crisis. But that's what you get when you actually don't fix the problem. Right? It, 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 it's just like uh, you know, someone's 
someone has to go see the doctor, right, and they're treating the symptoms, but they're not treating the actual cause of the problem. That's what we love to do. Well, you know, it's interesting. You brought up uh, uh, Ben Bernanke's book, The Courage to Act. I just wonder if his definition of act is like on Broadway stage acting. Because what <laughs> Janet, you, you know what? Because the next book's going to be Janet Yellen's book is going to be The Courage to React and do the same thing. Right, because right. I'm telling you, we're just... To react and not react at right. all, right? Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, the commitments that we're raising rates, we're raising rates, we see the future of rates, that's not happening. Well, according to Ben Bernanke, at least today, I guess we'll start talking about it, is he's warning the Federal Reserve not to do it. And not only not to do it, they shouldn't do it for a long time. And so now you start to think about what's really wrong. You know, it's interesting also with that is with Ben Bernanke is, is I think his courage has come now after he's left the post. Listen, that's how it always works, right? We now know he that, has right? the courage to say these types of things. Right now, all of a sudden. But when he was in the position under all the thumbs of, you know, Wall Street, under the thumb of Wall Street, he didn't have the courage to act. Now he has the courage to talk. Well, now, we, right, now he's at least uh, making his opinions being known. And you think about who was the guy before him, Alan Greenspan. Right, we've talked about him at length, and he's already telling you, listen, the gig's about up. Right now, all of a sudden, Ben Bernanke is saying, hey, whoa, don't let that phony jobs report on Friday fool you. Rates cannot go higher. We're going to talk about that next. Acting brilliant! Welcome back. Gold's up five, a little over five. Thirteen forty-five. Silver's up forty cents. Twenty dollars and twenty-five cents. I saw platinum. Platinum's like eleven hundred and eighty dollars uh, this morning as well. In talking about what is next and getting ready, and I know it's election time, right? It's back to school time. The Olympics are going on. There's a lot of distractions. A lot of you are or don't know what to do, right? You're seeing a, this huge move in gold and silver. You think you've missed something. You haven't. The Dow and the S&P are at all-time highs or near all-time highs, but yet nothing feels like all-time highs. And, and really, I'm going to get to it today as well. We're going to break down the, the all-time high. And why it is that, you know, heed the warnings or not. I'm no expert on Wall Street. I'll leave that to the experts. And they're all telling you the same thing. Make sure, make sure you're ready. And don't be late in getting ready. Because you get late, it's going to be, well, too late. And this is just another one of the things, I guess... I would say, at least in my opinion, this is Ben Bernanke now warning. And and here's what he said to CNBC. He thinks that his former colleagues at the Federal Reserve are going to be reluctant to raise interest rates anytime soon. Well, I, mean, I don't know what that means. What are we talking about, 2017, 2018, 2019? One of Wall Street's favorite pastimes is trying to discern hidden meanings and language tweaks from Fed officials. 
Bernanke said that the central bank's former chairman thinks that doing so under these curtain under these current conditions will only lead investors astray. I guess nicely saying, "Hey, listen, don't believe anything we're saying right now." If you're if you're looking at finding meaning and any changes in our statement, yeah, well, you're going to be out to lunch. Which just tells you how precarious the situation really is. I mean, this it's re, it's almost it's not almost it is absolutely unheard of to have seven years of recovery. I think the I don't know if it's the longest yet. It's approaching the longest recovery in the history of the country. And yet we are sitting at an interest rate of a quarter of a percent. And you could actually argue that they shouldn't have even done that. And this is why I've said all along, no one knows what the real price of anything is. What I know and what I see is when you actually look at the earn, the real earnings, not the stuff. Listen, you can report anything you want on TV. You really can. You don't have to use generally accepted accounting principles. You can exclude all kinds of things. And then, you know, my favorite, then they beat the estimate analyst. <laughs> of course, who gives the analyst the estimate? Did you ever think about that? The company itself gives the analyst the head, hey, by the way, oh, it's going to be a tough one. Right? So they can beat it by what? A cent, two cents, four cents? Hey, we beat the, who cares? Did you or did you not make money, yes or no? That's really the only thing we should be concerned with. But that's not how they, that used to be how it worked. Bernanke said that in part that because Fed officials have been wrong on their economic forecast for the past several years, okay, let's face it, I don't think Ben Bernanke got a single forecast right in his entire time at the Fed. He says that they anticipated economic growth, which would, would be stronger, which it hasn't. And they say, well, the unemployment rate and the natural levels of interest rates would, or the, the, the unemployment rate would be better. The natural level of interest rates would be higher. None of those things have happened. Chastened over their forecasting errors, Fed officials will now be less likely to tip their hands on how they see the future. I think that may be the best thing they did. Just shut up. Right? Don't let everybody know how ignorant you really are. It has, net, it has not been lost on Fed policymakers that the world looks significantly different in some ways than they thought just a few years ago. And that's an important statement. It's not supposed to be like this. Currencies are not supposed to trade the way they've been trading. Look at the British pound as an example. That was an incredible move. The 
the pound went from over 160 all the way down to 130 in month. It's not supposed to do that. The Japanese yen isn't supposed to move like that. Even our dollar, it never wasn't. It was never supposed to be this way. But everything's been manipulated. Why? Because why would you manipulate something? Have you ever asked yourself that question when you think about what it is they're trying to spoon-feed us? Why do you manipulate something? And not every time, but I would imagine 99% of the time you're manipulating things to make things appear better than what they really are. Right? Maybe once in a blue mood, Right, you, you go the other way, right? Like the uh, Hungarian Olympic team, right? They tried to pull a fast one and threw the match on purpose for whatever reason. Did you see that? I did not. The gymnast thing, who knows? They they decided that it, they'd be in their better interest to uh, p- perform poorly on a certain event. So they threw the fight. They threw the fight, right? But most of the time, that's not what you're doing. Right? You're not trying to make something really good look worse. Nah, especially when it's obvious. Right, you want to try to make something that isn't as good appear better than what it is. And, and so when you start to think about what exactly Ben Bernanke was talking about, he's saying that things are changing in ways that we didn't anticipate. And really the answer is simple. Why would that happen? Because you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing. Right, all the great economics teachers that came before them said, don't do these things. It's only going to lead to something very, very bad. I'm going to finish what Ben had to say, and then we're going to talk about these quote-unquote Wall Street earnings next. Things are happening that they weren't prepared for is the message from Ben Bernanke. You know, just think about just in the last few weeks, right, we've had uh, Japan's largest bank say, hey, we want out of the, the treasury business with with Japan, right? It's a loser. It's all negative. We want out. We know that the European banks are in trouble, and not just the Italian banks. Right? We're finding out now that most of the major banks in Europe are having huge difficulties. We, we heard, uh, what was it, last week, J.P. Morgan said, hey, we want to get out of the clearing of treasury business. We don't want that business. There's no money in it. We're getting out. And now Ben Bernanke is saying that, hey, the Federal Reserve is starting to come to the realization that it's been way too optimistic about growth and that as a result policy is probably less accommodative than it appears. In other words, he's saying, hey, we're not accommodated enough. Because all the things that we said would help the growth, turns out, isn't helping. So policy, therefore, ergo, must not be accommodative enough. Hmm. Now, he said it differently than I did. But doesn't that sound like what I've been telling everybody? Right? Right on point. The next moves are what way? Not for rate hikes. It's for more quantitative easing, more stimulus, negative rates. 
and he says that it is likely to to lead the Federal Reserve to a reluctance to raise rates. And uh, you know, and he goes on to talk about how all their data points haven't met expectations and all of these things. And so you think about here, Ben Bernanke comes out and makes a statement like that. Which says, hey, listen, economic growth's not very good. We probably need to become more accommodative and and really help and try to stimulate the growth. We've got a growth problem. And, of course, I've been telling you all along, it's not a growth problem. It's a debt problem that they've created. Of course, but yet Wall Street is at all these, you know, at or near these all-time highs. And, you know, I've been questioning that number, and I've been talking about that number, and somebody out there uh, actually took it to heart and, and wrote about just exactly that. Over the past several months, the topic of gap versus non-gap numbers, specifically when it comes to Wall Street. Of course, gap, for those of you that don't know, generally accepted accounting principles used to be that was what everybody was supposed to get to they're required right they were supposed to go only report gap numbers and then what was it about a month ago i told you of the s&p 500 but only about 20 companies are actually reporting that way anymore and they've all gone to the what we'll call the non-GAAP number. It has gotten increasingly prominent attention by both regulars and the mainstream media. I don't know about that part, but okay. While the attention has focused on the difference between GAAP and non-GAAP earnings, the EPS have few have few have paid attention to intermediate financial data, so they broke it down. Okay, what is the difference between the gap number and the non-gap number? Because believe it or not, here's the funny thing. They actually have the gap numbers. They just choose not to publish those numbers, and of course, the the idiot box, the, the stock channels, allow them to get away with it, right? And all the analysts and all of that, because let's face it, if you're at Goldman Sachs or you're an analyst at Merrill Lynch, if you start reporting the gap numbers versus the non-gap numbers, what is that company going to do? Hey, uh, you know what? Yeah, we're no longer talking to that guy. Get him out of here. Hey, Goldman Sachs, get that guy out of here or we're done talking to you. Right? It's kind of like the... The, the proverbial fox guarding the hen house. And it says, here's what they found out. The trailing 12 months, so the last year, gap margins have now fallen to the lowest levels since before the global financial crisis. In fact, the last time that gap net margins were this low was in 2006, which, by the way, the S&P was trading 
700 points lower. So according to the actual data, you know, it's kind of like what we talk about with jobs, right? Why use the seasonally adjusted stuff when we can get the actual number? You would think when it comes to, I mean, this is what they're telling you to put your retirement, put your life savings into this. And they're out there and they won't even tell you what the real number is. And then when they when they finally someone gets around to doing it, here's what you found out. You're a sucker. Hey, guess what? The actual earnings, this is how bad things have really gotten. We've gone backwards ten years. Back to a time when the S P was seven hundred points lower. And they wonder why, right? Talk about bubbles. Where's the next bubble at? Boy, aren't they pretty easy to see? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Final segment on a Wednesday. You know, it really is. You know, the you know Mark Faber yesterday said, get ready for a 50% correction, talking about the equity markets. And now you kind of understand why... You, it's not rocket science making that call. He's like, look, at, it's almost 50% overvalued as it sits. But here's the thing that makes it even harder, is the numbers are getting worse, not better. In other words, the gap numbers from the last 12 months are worse than they were for the previous 12 months which were worse than they were for the previous 12 months before that. You know, we're on this gradual, what, that stair step down, right? And you think about all the extraordinary uh, measures that have been taken to avoid going back into this recession. And really, don't forget, let history be your guide. Don't think for one moment that the central bank got us out of the Great Depression. They didn't. You can thank World War II for that one. Don't think for one moment that the central and Paul Volcker crushed inflation of the don't that's not what happened. You can actually thank Ronald Reagan for that one. Right? Now one of the unfortunate things that happened was they allowed for this huge debt bubble to be created. Right, and now here we are and we're sitting here and it's all falling apart again. Now what's going to save us? Right, can't do the debt thing. That was already done. Right, hopefully we don't do World War III. Right, (laughs) at least let's hope not. Nobody's rooting for that to happen. Right, Right, no one's going for that one. But this is what I think, and really what I think is you're going to see the global crashing of the system, a whole global reset. I think that's what's coming. That's what you need to start getting prepared for, and that's where we come in. Put some gold away, put some silver away, and just hope like you know what, that you never, ever have to use it. Uh, Today's special, we've got U.S. Uh, $10, these are $10 Liberty gold pieces, 
1866 to 1907. They're at $740 today. If you buy 20 or more, we will throw in the shipping. U.S. $10 gold pieces, $740 at $800-951-0592. U.S. Silver Eagles, another nice jump today, back above $20. Rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles, they are at $485 a roll. Our toll-free number, 800 800- Nine five one zero five nine two, and we'll kind of sit here and, and really, I think, as we get closer to this September meeting, I think you're going to start to hear more and more of the "we're not doing anything" talk. And as we watch everything outside of the imaginary jobs number, because what that's really what it was—it was imaginary. You need to get ready. I mean, how close to the edge are we really when all of Europe's banks seem to be in dire straits? 800-951-0592. That's our toll-free number. Everybody have a great rest of your hump day, and we'll be back tomorrow.